Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 177. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan and I. We're going to continue the arc of the good vibes by doing our very last Ikoria product review. Now, hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What is going down? Whole ton is going down. We've reached the end of the monolithic dump of new product that has been given to us by Watsy for Ikoria. We're going to thank some new patrons. We're going to talk about some good vibe stuff. But before we do any of that, we have to thank our official sponsors, FaceToFaceGames.com. They're Canada's biggest magic store. Very much so. And I'm feeling particularly good about this episode. This is the arc of good vibes, like you said in the intro, and we have got a ton of good vibes, both Ikoria-related, good vibe story-related, a little peek into my personal life-related because I am feeling a lot better than last week. We'll talk about that in a sec. Where do you want to start? I think we should start where we always start. We'll thank the people who are supporting us in this, our time of need, and we'll uh, go on from there. Yeah, so patreon.com slash cco podcast if you have the means the ability the desire to support the show help the show grow of course we would be internally internally eternally eternally maybe our insides would also maybe feel, if yeah. we ever started to be cam girls we would be <laughs> eternally grateful and of course one of the benefits is your cco nation nickname and we've got a couple today and not only a couple but a couple that are going to make for pretty good nicknames Ooh! so starting us off big thank you shout out and f you to steven ambra steven ambra i assume that it's steven but it is the ph1 so it could be stefan so stefan armpit that could be a thing I, I like it i was gonna make a bra joke or a bro joke like paul walker bra but well we already got that one guy who's like brazier but so you know we, we got we should go with armpit and you go with smelly armpit because smelly and stefan start with the same way sniffing armpit oh there we go i like it welcome to cco nation i don't know why anybody wants these of course <laughs> Feel free to choose any combination of whatever we just said for your Discord name. <laughs> it is fun, but it does make it difficult for us to know who the fuck is who. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking through the members of our Discord this morning, actually, and I was looking back and seeing all the nicknames and stuff. I was like, man, wow. Why, why do people why, want yeah, these? <laughs> why does anybody want that? <laughs> oh, it's great. It's all in good fun. If you don't want to change it, it's fine. The, the Discord, of course, being another benefit to the the patreon pledge and we do get decks there and we are we promise we are doing deck lists for this arc being the arc of good vibes we are doing them but of course we had to get icoria out of the way and c20 out of the way and we do have some deck lists lined up that i think that everybody's gonna like because i like them and people in cco nation seem to like the same type of stuff that we do so stay tuned for those next week and the next few weeks after i think we've pretty much decided that we're going to continue the arc of good vibes for as long as people need good vibes in their life to keep them going agreed next nickname and i don't know if i spelt it right if it's misspelt if he misspelt it himself 
Maybe he gave me a pseudonym because he doesn't even know how to spell his own name. <laughs> this is Nate Antonioli. Nate and Nate Aioli? Nate Cornholi? Nate Arioli. Oh, I like everything about <laughs> what we just said. <laughs> Choice. Nate, please just pick the most appropriate one. <laughs> Welcome and of course, F you. And oh, my favorite thing about the Discord, whenever there's a new member pops up, just a bunch of middle finger emojis. That's just the greatest. I love it. It it is a little bit of a joke. I know people that are new to CCO Nation or or like when people randomly find us on YouTube. They, they say, well, what's with the FUs? Like like that one time, isn't DJ a, a nice guy? And we're like, yeah, it's it's part of being in the niche. Yeah, it's, it's what we do. Well, hey, look at zero, zero percent chance to spread germs, right? When you give somebody the finger. That's true. It's, the, it's literally the best COVID greeting that you could possibly do. Yeah, 100%. Next nickname. And this is only a first name, so you know what we got to do. Give them a last name. Give them some Russian spy hitman last name this is just todd now i'm switching it up a little bit this time okay because knowing that we were coming in today to do nicknames and the show and stuff i actually looked up a list of unfortunate last names and i went to the very bottom of the list so i could see the most unfortunate last name and i figured the next motherfucker that gives us only a first name is getting this name are you ready? He's going to die. A, this, is a, this is a real name that appears on a piece of actual mail, a picture of which I am looking at right now, because nobody's going to believe this is real. Are you ready? Dick Smasher. Todd. <laughs> Todd Dick Smasher. So Todd Dick Smasher. I love it. Dicks. And we talk, we talk about stomping dinks into the dirt all the time. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's maybe it's not a bad thing. Yeah, maybe this, this is, is our go-to. Maybe if people in the nation have occupations, Todd is the one we call. You know how we, the king and the president, the pope, the princess, the pee-pee princess of CCO, right? right? We've got all these these people that have occupations. Maybe Todd can be the dink stomper. <laughs> I like it. Hey, Todd, we're playing an aggro deck. Go and get that guy's table or go over that guy's table and... Stomp his dink. Stomp his dink for me. I just attacked him for 20. <laughs> oh, welcome aboard, Todd. We're happy to have you. And F you. Very much so. Final one of the day because I know we've we've spent some time on these. This is a cool last name. And I have to assume it's his real last name because I have to. This is Kevin Creech. Creech? Yeah, like he's a Creech. What do we even do with that? Maybe he's a 2-2 two, two for 2. Maybe he's a 1-6 for 7 because he's a draft common from Ikoria. <laughs> Most likely. I. You know what? I like I like Creech. I like Kevin the draft common Creech. Oh, I like that. There it is. There it is. Got there. Welcome, we did it. Welcome to CCO Nation, everybody. Of course, if Patreon isn't right for you, there's plenty of ways to support. A like, a share, a follow on Twitter at CCO Podcast, at CCO Brando. Like and follow the Facebook page. Of course, the altar auctions that I do every Thursday. Subscribe on YouTube. Big shout out to all the new YouTube subs. We really want to do 
some collaborative YouTube content, Brando and myself, but we can't get together in Studio CCO physically. So we're kind of working on that and and experimenting with the pre-show with the superimposed heads and stuff, right? So we're getting there. It's just, you know, it just takes time. These things are works in progress. Yeah. So we're getting there. Today we're talking about Ikoria, but first we've got a good vibe moment, I think, from both of us. What do you got? Okay, so this week... Now, we talked on the pre-show about how much I fucking hate Arena. Because it's a lot. And it's my only avenue to play Magic, where it was until this week when our boys Lenny and Steven and Smitty and Chris Von Doom oh, yeah. uh, all kind of collaborated to help me get playing on the internet over a webcam down. And I actually got to play not one but two games of EDH with my friends this week and it was magical and you can ask kyla because she was there at the time i was on cloud nine for like the whole night after that i was so happy i was so excited that i was playing magic with my friends again i was so pumped i didn't fucking win my decks didn't work really at all but well actually the first game it was okay but the second game i just drew swamps and had seven swamps in my hand and then play a swamp do a nothing but other than that I had the best time. I don't even care that that happened. Oh, man. I'm so jealous. Me and Smitty and F you, Jesse, tried, right? And, like, when I turned my video feed off, I could chat a little bit, right? Which which is cool. I would love to just come in and chat and heckle and just abuse people verbally. But <laughs> I, I can't get video, even at the lowest resolution, and audio at the same time, right? I even had a tripod. My mat was all set up and everything looked fucking good, but I just couldn't work. So I'm, I'm actually happy and jealous, especially because it was with cool dudes that are all members of CCO Nation. Yeah, they're like all homies and stuff. It was it was a great time. I'm, I'm so... And looking at everybody's setup and stuff, like Steven showed me, the they got a camera like duct taped to a Tupperware container on top of their table. <laughs> that was, that's s- what I was talking about a couple weeks ago. Remember all those yeah. rigs and like scaffolding yeah. made out of Lego and shit? Yeah. Smitty uses a glass end table. He just puts it on top of his playmat and then puts the camera on top of it. It's it's the ingenuity is oh, spectacular, that's cool, man. I I feel I feel like a dope now. I had a fucking tripod that was like angled because the legs are adjustable, and then I had my camera adjusted on top of it. Like I had that's, and with like an actual microphone. <laughs> so I feel that, like I'm I'm the, I I'm, the tri- have a, I'm the tryhard, man. I couldn't even make it work. <laughs> I certainly didn't have a real microphone, but I was also using a tripod, and I couldn't get it to sit the way I wanted it to, so I had to set it where I would normally sit at my table, yeah. and then I sat next to it, oh, so I'd, yeah. have to, I'd have to reach across and do all my stuff and then go back so that they could see what I did. I thought you were going to say, I had to sit it where I normally sit on the table and lean it on the table, then I had to lay on the table like the cam girl. <laughs> I might try cam that girls next with time. glass gonna... tables you had to put it underneath? Was your tip vibe on? <laughs> Oh, I could I go sh- all day. It could have been. I'm in quarantine. Some days I do go all day. <laughs> <laughs> Cam Girl Cookout Podcast. I don't know if we've ever made that joke before. Probably. We haven't, and, and here we are. It's not where I thought we were going to be when I woke up this morning, but we have ended up here. That's it. So I've got a good vibe thing here, and I know I've leaned back onto CCO Nation a few times for the good vibe recently like we both have our solo projects you've got your youtube channel where you're you've done a few pack openings i've got commander ad populum where i kind of told the story of my back and hip problems that i've been having you of course know about them but not all of cco nation knows about them and 
through my brother who's been religiously self-isolating and quarantining. He came down here to help me with just cooking and, and cleaning up after a toddler. I wasn't able to do that over the last eight or nine days because I hurt my back, my hip, not my back. It was my hip and I'm feeling better now. And I'm, I don't need like, like opioid medication to sleep anymore. And I'm feeling good. The snow is gone. I can walk upright and nothing makes me happier during the week now than to get down into studio CCO and actually just make content that people keep telling me is helping them and I, I haven't been able to play magic I don't have the internet to do so I don't play arena so coming down and just talking with you about magic and then having people tell me that they like it is my positive moment for this week that's a good one it's a solid one to have every week so and you know what I've been doing for anybody I know that like when you listen to a podcast or watch YouTube content or whatever like nobody ever fucking reads the the show notes right like maybe it's just me that never reads them but I assume it's everybody there's gonna be of course links to Brando's YouTube channel in the show notes he gets destroyed when he opens packs which is always oh. funny oh man <laughs> fucking always funny whether and, and you know and you always buy them. Yep. I, I don't know why you're supporting local, which is a good vibe, but you always get destroyed and it's always funny. So there's going to be links to that for everybody to watch and subscribe. And there's probably going to be more and more once we can get back together. And of course, links to Commander Ad Populum. If anybody wants to hear about my, my last week of being essentially very physically handicapped and kind of how that affected me, um, links will be, links will be to that as well. Excellent. So without any further ado, we've got some some stuff to there talk about. There is some stuff. Some, yes. some magic stuff. What? We're a magic podcast? <laughs> yeah, we're not Cam Girl Cookout Podcast. We're not new merch campaign cookout podcast. We're oh, not, there's another CCO. We're not crippled up hip cookout podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Go out there. Oh no. We, on episode 174, looked at the Apex Monster kind of flagship cards, right? We reviewed the Mutate mechanics. So, of course, links to 174 will be in the show notes if anybody reads them. We talked briefly on Companion, but new ones have been previewed, released, what have you. Any new Companions that you're interested in? Truth? You know what? Before you answer... Are okay. there any are there any companions that that we can just kind of put in our existing decks that don't really require us to change the deck? And for anybody who isn't familiar, companion is essentially your 101st card that isn't air quotes in your deck, but it gives you but it gives you a building restriction that you have to meet just like color identity or whatever, and you can cast it once per game from outside the game. So any that you are interested in. Uh, in the the truth, n n no. I kind of like Kahira the Orphan Guard, the, the cat, elemental, nightmare, dinosaur, bird one. I think that one I could actually play because I do have a cat deck. But other than that, they're all... The build restrictions make them really difficult to justify building a deck just so I have a creature I can play once. 
and if I was gonna just use them as my commander anyway, I would just ignore the build restriction altogether and just make a deck with them. And there's a couple of those that could be cool, like Gai Gairuda Doom of Depths is kind of neat. Uh, Lurus is a, a house. So there are some in there that are cool, but none that I'm going to adjust my deck so that I can have my 101st card for sure. Yeah, it, it should be noted that if you do, because they're all legendary, you can have them as your commander and the companion portion of their text then does not apply. So that's important for anybody who was wondering that. The, the what did you call it? Kahira, the orphan guard, for example. Each creature in your starting deck is or has to be a cat, elemental, nightmare, dinosaur, or beast card. So all those creatures, like, they have to be that type. It's got Vidge, who cares? Each other creature you control that's a cat, elemental, nightmare, beast, dinosaur, or whatever, gets plus one, plus one, and also has vigilance. So does your, okay. cat, does your cat deck have only cats in it yes there's, there's no humans there's no like just random like angel or what have you nope i play only cats and i think one beast i think i play one beast oh so it, it could actually just get a sleeve on it and go into the cat deck box like it could yep it i could actually put that one into a sleeve and play it right now if i wanted to is there any reason that you're not going to like that seems like that's actually like that you that you have to do that now. Yeah. If I don't open one, like if I, I would never buy this just to have that. But I mean, if I come across one, I'll trade for it. If I see one in a binder, I'll, I'll grab it. If I open one, I'll certainly throw it in a sleeve and put it in the deck box. But past that, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know what? It, like it's only at rare. And I think all of the companions, except for maybe like Luris, like you said, are going to be just not throw away rares, but they're going to be two bucks at most. And in five years from now, they'll be four or five bucks at most, right? Luris is the one that says each permanent card in your starting deck has a converted mana cost two or less. This one's going to be modern and legacy playable because there's functionally no downside to just putting it in your deck and then just running like Dark Confidant, Tarmogoyf, Snapcaster Mage, Delver of Secrets, right? Like there's no um, there's yeah. no color identity restriction in that, so you can just go ham, right? And you can can you can you play more than one of them, like in a like legacy situation? Could you put four of them in the companion zone, uh, or just I one? think that you can only have one. Okay, that's important to note because I mean, in four of formats, why couldn't you just put four of them there? You could put four of them in your in your main deck, but I don't think any of them, maybe except for Luris, I don't think you would want four of them in any of your whatever, right? Like none of them are powerful enough or costed appropriately for things that are outside of standard or 16 for casual or commander, right? I guess. I mean, like you can only play them once and then they die. So if you have four copies of it, then you can play Luris again and play it again and play it again, yeah. right? Like when they're killing. Because people are going to be killing her because she's really good. We should read her. Give her a read. Luris of the Dream Den is a 3-2 cat nightmare for Azorius Azorius 1. Uh, Ryan already said what the companion cost was. She has lifelink, and during each of your turns, you may cast one permanent spell with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard. So it's essentially really you... and. Did, you can cast the same permanent over and over if like if it dies it just goes back to your graveyard it doesn't say if it dies exile it so you could just like 
have it enter the battlefield and block with it or sacrifice it and then cast it again next turn. That's why like with Snapcaster, it's really good because you can play your Snappy and then have it die and then you can cast it again and like flashback a different lightning bolt or a different brainstorm that's also in your graveyard. Or you could have it be Underworld Breach and just give your stuff flashback every turn forever. Yeah, man, that's a cool card. But, um, and you know what? Like the restriction for commander isn't actually that bad because it's only permanent cards that need two or less, right? So if all your permanent cards are just really efficient creatures or like aristocrats, you're already in the colors, black, white, you could just have... Oh, I knew you were going to say yeah, that. Yeah, sorry. I knew you were going to say that. artists and soul sisters type things. And like, then the top end of your deck is all just powerful black and white spells. That's actually really cool. And you don't care if you're jamming lots of Wrath of Gods because you can just cast your Lurist like late game and you can get your stuff back from your graveyard. Of course, we talked about or gave the hint about Obosh, the um, Prey Piercer. That's what it was actually translated to. And that that yep. is your starting deck has cards with only odd converted mana costs. So that lets you have Mana Rocks on one, Mana Rocks on three, and it lets you have burn spells that have x in the cost if it's like colored pip then x or colored pip two and x because x is always zero right and it says if a source you control with an odd converted mana cost would deal damage to a permanent or player it deals double that much damage to that player instead that's that's pretty good so if you can find a rakdos commander that allows for burn or some form of burn like this is a deck that you i would like to brew with you this would be a cool thing for us to do like together maybe this could be a future youtube video once we get that that all cooking again yes cool. yes i think that this will be a cool one to run and it's like the opposite of the the demir one which we can talk about later if we if we really want to but i think that this is cool it's got great art on it and it's got a really cool design space to get people into so i i like this one yeah i like Umori the Collector. We talked about this a little bit on episode 174. You just pick creatures and then you can cast one drop creatures with no colored pips for free because it makes your creatures cost one less. That one's cool. I like if we're stepping away from the like the companion mechanic. I actually like the Boros one. Winota Joiner of Forces. You mean an, another Boros commander that cares about attacking? Yes, but listen to this. This is a 4-4 human warrior for Boros and 2. Whenever a non-human creature you control attacks, look at the top 6 cards of your library. You may put a human creature card from among them onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. It gains indestructible till end of turn. Put the rest in the bottom in a random order. So... That's a triggered ability that triggers for each thing that's attacking. So let's say on turn three, I cast a, 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 a spectral procession. That gives me three 1-1 one, one spirits, right? Right. Turn four, I drop Winona out of the command zone and attack with three non-humans. I can look at the top 18 cards of my library. And put all them humans into play. And there are humans. There are humans that you might want to find. There's a lot of stacks or hate bear type humans that don't let our opponents cast stuff or do stuff that they want to do but still allow us to attack there's things like true believer that that it's a human that gives us shroud if we had sun titan another non-human and a sack outlet we could get 
like a thopter engineer, which is a human that gives us an artifact creature to attack with to continue the Winona thing, we could sacrifice the thopter engineer and get it back every single turn with a sun titan attacking, right? I looked up humans that ETB and give us tokens that are non-humans. There's 28 of those, which is plenty enough to build a deck. Yeah. I thought that this was a cool one. And if, you know, on turn four, we've seen seven, eight cards in our opening hand and we've drawn three more. So we'd have a total of like, whatever, 11 or 12 cards. We'd have whatever. Even if we had 85 cards left in our deck, we could see our whole deck if we attacked with like 14 creatures. That's pretty... The thing that I don't particularly like about this like this is cool and it'd be fun and it's still boros whatever the most of the bomb awesome stuff in your deck is going to be the stuff that you have to cast and all of your utility control little low to the ground dudes token makers and enablers are the shit that you're going to get for free so like it's kind of the opposite of what i picture when i'm gonna get fucking free stuff what are you going to get for free? A Sun Titan? No, I'm going to play the Sun Titan, and then I'm going to get my Knight of the White Orchid for free. Well, the reason that I like it is because when it finds you humans that give you other tokens, the, the non-human tokens just feed the ability next turn, right? And they stay indestructible until end of turn. So, like, if you, if you for example, post-combat, if you Wrath of God, you've still got a bunch of stuff that you can use next turn, or if you have haste enablers in red, you can still use them. And like things like Imperial Recruiter, human. So you could find an Imperial Recruiter, which will find you a non-human. You could find like a dual caster mage, and then you could combo with that, or you could find with your Imperial Recruiter your treasonous ogre, and then you can make tons of mana, right? There's lifelink humans. There's humans that give other humans lifelink. So all I'm saying is, yes, it's another attacky deck, but it does allow you to potentially just tutor your deck for humans like almost every turn if you have a little bit of a critical mass. It's kind of neat. It is kind of neat. It's it, I, yeah. it, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see the builds and it's going to see how people find to kind of dig with it and and get non-humans when it says only get humans. Sure. What's the next one you like? The the one that I'm pretty excited about for several reasons is Luca Copper Coat Outcast. The first oh, thing I'm excited yeah. about is it's 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 mono red, which you know I like. It's a planeswalker that's effectively costed with some sweet ass abilities, which I also like. I could hypothetically test him out in Norin, which I really, really like. And the last thing I like about it is it's the very first planeswalker that's an actual cat. Is it the cat or is it the dude? It is definitely the cat. I have no reason to believe that it is anybody but the cat. And that dude is just like chilling there. <laughs> like it, remember in Total Recall where Arnold Schwarzenegger meets Guado and it's like this dude and he's just this average dude. But then it turns out that Guado is the big tumor baby attached to his stomach. See that guy? That's Luca's tumor baby. Not tumor baby. Regular guy. And then the cat is the tumor baby that is actually Luca. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna go with it. I, I'm sure we're gonna get well actually on Twitter, but or by Fu Evan. Yeah, he can well actually himself the fuck out of here. He can well actually himself back into quarantine. Yeah, that's right. 
Give uh, give Luca a read because you didn't actually say what he did. <laughs> okay. He is a five loyalty planeswalker for red, red, three. He has plus one exile the top three cards of your library. Creature cards exile this way gain. You may cast this creature card for from exile as long as you control a Luca planeswalker. He has minus two exile target creature you control, then reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card with higher converted mana cost. Put that shit into play. Put the rest on the bottom. And minus seven, each creature you control deals damage equal to its power to each opponent. Hell yeah. Ooh, so that minus seven is definitely a win con. That's something to note. That minus two is going to be like an upscale polymorph, right? Yeah. Oh, baby, I like that. And well, like it's, it, the plus one yeah. is just like a kind of a red card draw advantage type thing, right? Which is fine. Which is cool, yeah. I dig that. I like all three of the abilities. I don't think that he's like, oh, he's so broken, but he is a really good card, and I super dig that. Yeah. Speaking of super good card that I super dig, I love how the Narset is kicking the white off of her mana symbol. She's like, get out of here, white. Just let me be blue and red. Just get <laughs> out of here, She's learning. White. <laughs> and she's she's, she's actually good. She, she, you know what? As the more I look at this set, the more I'm seeing the what what is this Jess guy? Is that the Correct. that's the word? Yeah, is just such a everything enables you to play instants and sorceries, and that's how the decks all play. It's I'm I'm getting bored with it. I They're I really, really am leaning into the cycling mechanic right there with commander 20 and with ikoria they've leaned into cycling to give them that space right the draw discard thing is already red it's it is already blue so i see what they're doing and it's fine let's give narset a read here she's a four mana uh, jeskai and one for four loyalty narset her plus one is gain two life then add blue red or white spend this mana only on non-creature spells okay fine minus two draw a card then discard a card when you discard a non-land card this way narset deals damage equal to that spell's converted mana cost to a creature or a planeswalker and her minus six is you get an emblem whenever you cast a non-creature the emblem deals two damage to any target so you could ultimate her and then just like combo or something and like she represents a like a infinite kind of cast outlet which is cool she gives you mana she gains life i don't know if the life gain is like what you care about uh, it's it's another just guy play spells deck She's yeah fine. yeah she'll go into every narset or every just guy deck that doesn't play creatures and it'll be whatever all right. Well, what about yeah. what about Vivian? Since we're doing Planeswalkers, Vivian's good, but I already have a creature in Animar that does the same thing just for green instead of green, green three. <laughs> Vivian is five mana Planeswalker. You can, she's got static abilities, which is not like the other ones. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You can cast it if it's a creature, if it's Kevin Creech. Her plus one is you create a three, three green beast and you put a Vigilance or a Reach counter on it. So, okay. Her minus two is when you cast your next creature spell this turn, search your library for a creature card with lesser converted mana cost and put it onto the battlefield. So it's kind of like creature cascade search your library. So it's almost the opposite of, of Luca, right? Now, it's basically tooth and nail, except you have to have the tooth or the nail. So you could you could cast her for five and then minus her, 
and then cast something else and then get something else for cheaper. I don't know. Is she going to live that long? It's hard to say. She's appropriately costed for how powerful that she possibly could be. Yeah. So I think she's pretty good. I mean, she makes Mike and Trike a tooth and nailable thing, right? Yeah, I guess she's fine. I don't know. The last commander I wanted to talk about, just so we can get to the set proper, is this Riel the Everwise. O three human wizard for green. O three human wizard for blue, red one. Real the everwise gets plus one plus O for each instant and sorcery in your graveyard. Okay, whenever you discard one or more cards for the first time each turn, draw that many cards. So this is going to be our new de facto wheel commander, right? If you don't want to play black and do the Nekuzar thing, that's going to be a thing. Also, it goes in Nekuzar decks. I think everybody already knows that. But just for posperity, when you play a Wheel of Fortune and you discard your hand, you get to draw that many cards and then you get to draw seven cards. And that just screams at me like, fucking build me. <laughs> it's also another card that will go in every one of the decks that that Narset of the Ancient Way goes in. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, like she's cool. Uh but again, like it's a uh, I don't I'm not going to say it's linear. I'm not going to say it's unexciting, but it's not my cup of tea, and I think that's just because the Jess guy thing has kind of become raw for me. This is when you cycle a card. Sorry, I think I was talking when you were talking, but this is when you cycle a card on every one of your opponent's turns, you get to draw a card on their turn, right? Cuz you have to discard the card when you cycle yeah. it. And then you draw for her ability, then you draw for cycling. So I, yeah. I get it, and it's cool. Uh, before we go on to the set proper, we have one more legendary that we have to talk about because it is the answer to our commander hint of the week. Uh, it is Kogala the Titan Ape, who's a 6-7 for 6 and does all kinds of crazy shit. I don't really care about him that much, but he's also King Kong, who Wizards did not secure rights to to put him on one of those super sweet... Uh, what do you call the cards with the, the super art on them? I don't know. You know, you know the word better than I do. Kaiju? Like, kaiju? Like the, yeah, like the kaiju cards. There we go. They couldn't get uh, the rights to King Kong, so they just, you know what? You know, right, you know what, rights holders? Fuck you. And they just made an obvious King Kong. Yeah, even the way he's grabbing that big crystal, hey? She's ho he's holding a lady in his hand while hanging off of a building surrounded by some kind of an air force. That's... If that isn't King Kong, it, it, it's no, it's not Kogala. It's <laughs> King Kong. That's excellent. So if you got that, we will be reaching out on Twitter, Facebook, and the YouTube comments, of course, to let you know that you've won either maybe some new CCO merch when that's available, some Ikoria packs, maybe some Brando altars, some Ryan altars, whatever it is. You've won something. We're giving something away every episode for the Ark of Good Vibes just to keep the goodness flowing yeah on to the set proper what do you think of first of all there's three colorless like non-artifact non-eldrazis i like i like farfinder it gives any color the ability to search for a non-basic and put it into their hand is that fine it's, are we okay with this yeah it's good like it goes in decks it's a common, I like that. It could be a, it'll be like a staple of a certain level of deck. And I think that's cool. It also has nice art and it's going to make a beautiful foil. 
Yeah. You know what, too, is um, beautiful foil, mysterious egg. Not only is it another egg for you Atla Polani players, but it is the first one that says whenever this creature mutates. And I want to just be able to, for the rest of the review, just say this is the mutate blah, blah, blah. This is the when it mutates, put a plus one on it. When it, this, whenever this mutates, search for a land. Whenever this mutates, make a 3-3, three, three, right? So can we shorthand that? Absolutely. Okay. First white card we should talk about is probably the... I'm going to say it's the card in the set that's going to last forever, and it will be in our format forever in every deck that has a white pip in it. Let's just start there. Sure. And it's... And it's Dranith Magistrate. That was the first one that I was looking yeah. at, too. That card is bonkers insane, and I love it. Your opponents can't cast spells from anywhere other than their hands, and that's a 1-3 for white one, human wizard. And it's a human. We were talking earlier about humans. There's one. There's one. Relevant like creature types. You can put from graveyard or from library onto the battlefield if you're not casting it that's important but if you have like your underworld breach or your yogmoth's will or whatever that says cast well you can't do that yeah or a, a tolly if you're swinging in with him and it, like you're taking him and you're casting him for free you can't do that shit you can't play your commander Ever. It's so good. You can't this card cast is so your commandy. That's right. Oh, what about, what about, what about, what about, what's the one that you like that you, you, you reveal down until you hit a spell of the same type and then you cast that one? Possibility Storm. Possibility Storm in this just make, is that a hard lock for your opponents when they cast it, something, they put it on the bottom and they reveal until they cast the thing that shares a type. They just fucking can't. It sure is. That is a good little Boros stacks combo right there for that deck I was just talking about. This guy's a human that you can dig to and then you just find your possibility storm. That happens to be an enchantment that they happen to reprint Idyllic Tutor last fucking month. <laughs> right? This is all right. There's our yeah. deck. Yeah. And I guess hard lock. There it is. It's this card is nuts and I love it. Yeah. That's a white stacks hard lock with a red card that you like. Brando's pants are tight. This this is the card in the set that I think makes me the most raw card of all the cards in the set. And there are Godzilla cards here. So that is telling you how sweet that card is. Very much. So what about Huntmaster Liger? This is the one you mutated. Creatures you control get plus X plus X where X is the number of times this is mutated. So... This, if it's the first creature and you mutate onto it, that's plus one. Mutate onto it, that's plus two for a total of three. Mutate onto it for plus three for a total of six. This for probably the eight to nine mana range is going to give you the crater hoof type effect. Now it's going to be, it's going to cost you like three or four cards, but it's going to it's going to give you the crater hoof effect because it's going to give your whole team like plus seven, six, eight, nine, whatever it is. Which is cool, but I feel like cards like this one have a really narrow kind of path. If you want to play the really good mutate stuff, you're kind of relegated to playing some kind of five-color same stuff build. And, I mean, it'll be fun and it'll be cool and I would like to see it in real life, but I'm not sure that it's... 
something that I'd be really into. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it. You know what? If if it's gonna end up being a white included or a five color mutate deck, like this is gonna be a cool one if you're trying to. It's funny, like if you're gonna try and go wide with your go tall ability, that seems like a CCO thing to do, doesn't it? <laughs> it kind of does fit right into what we do here, but yeah, I don't know. Like I think it's cool, but I mean maybe just rock a crater hoof behemoth. Uh, yeah, that's fine. In your cat deck, if you're playing the cat companion, this is what you're going to have to play instead. Let's move on to Luminous Brood Moth. That's Mothra. Oh, Mothra is a bad ass in this set. She's a 3-4 flying insect for white, white, 2. Whenever a creature you control without flying dies, return it to play under its owner's control with a flying counter on it. So that beats the shit out of Undying and, uh, what's another one? Persist. Persist. Yeah, so, and it's important to note that it returns it with a counter on it. So if you have something that removes counters or moves counters onto something else, you can pile up your flying counters on some crappy thing you don't care about, and you can repeatedly sacrifice stuff and bring it back with a flying counter on it. So this could be a little bit of a combo enabler. It could be like the the Machaeus the Unhallowed, right? All your non-humans have persist or whatever it is. This is all your non-flyers have flying persist. And I will mention that, you remember how we were talking about the little punch card brick things from Amonkhet a while ago, brick counters? Yeah. This set in packs is going to give you the little punch out cards for menace counters, flying counters, what have you. I think Brando altars of those would make excellent patreon sign-up gifts because a you don't know what menace ever does <laughs> and, and b i think that just like fun little altars like that are excellent ways just to show our patreon supporters thank you because uh like in the good vibe moment for this week it, it does mean a lot to us we like to give you stuff funny stuff like that back that you can actually use in real life if anybody is ever wanting those i am i am taking commissions all the time there we uh, go. Or, sh- or of course, oh, no, that's fine. I won't say that. Never mind. Should should we talk about the mythoses, Ryan? Should we talk about these? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are going to play them. They're Seb McKinnon, so people are as rock hard over them as you are over Godzilla. Give them a quick read. There's a couple that are good. There's a couple that are just like, meh. Okay. Mythos of Snap Decks is white, white, two. If you pay the additional red and green, it does an addition, or red and black, sorry. Each player chooses an artifact, a creature, an enchantment, and a planeswalker from among non-land permanents they control and sack the rest. If you pay the red and black, you get to choose what your opponents pick. So that's pretty good. I will probably play that one. Uh, Mythos of Iluna is blue, blue, two, and you create a token that's a copy of target permanent, which means hopefully we're finally going to get that copy token card that everybody wants so bad. Uh, and it has, if you paid red and green, and the thing you're copying is a creature, that creature fights another creature that, fuck that, mythos. No, it's a four mana, that's a four mana clone anything fight anything. That's what that is, isn't it? it well, if you, if you get a creature with it, there's lots of stuff. If you're going to play a four mana clone anything, you're going to want a clone, not a creature. Or you'll just play a clone that has haste or comes into play as a copy of a legendary thing or lets you kill the original thing. Like there's better stuff that you could do with a four mana clone, but this is a clone 
anything. So I would say save this, this one to copy know, something is, better. This is a this is a clone and a removal spell though. It gives you the opportunity to do that. I guess it does give you options and options are good, but you know I what don't know. we're you know what we're we're going back and forth on the teamer color identity clone that has to be in teamer decks when clone.deck is Blue. mostly relegated to mono blue so yeah i don't yeah. think that this card is going to see a very high adoption rate <laughs> no yeah i'll probably play it but that's as far as it'll probably go the last good one is mythos of nethroy it is black two to destroy target non-land permanent if it's a creature which sounds a little weird and then if you pay green and white also uh it just it functions the way that it's worded so you can target anything with it if you play pay black and two and then if the thing that you're targeting is a creature it dies but if you paid black white green to target said non-land thing it will kill the non-creature thing as well it's a weird way of wording it but it does work and it is a cool card yeah i still don't know what that card does i'm just gonna stay away from it (laughs) (laughs) and vad rock and brokos they both suck so we're just gonna move on to the next card yeah, it's fine. It should be noted that these are Seb McKinnons. I'm not a huge fan of the Seb McKinnon thing, but you and I were talking before the show. These are sort of like cave drawings, and I think that Seb McKinnon is plenty as talented as people 15,000 years ago were, so <laughs> yeah. they picked the correct guy to do yeah. these particular ones. One thing that's really nice to see, I think just in life in general, keeping up with the good vibes, is when you see somebody that's good at something doing something they're good at, and I think that this was the absolute perfect place for Seb McKinnon art, is a cave painting magic card. Yeah, I would love to see cave paintings. I loved some of the work that he did for like the Eldraine promo material, like tapestry style or like very old school fairy tale style stuff i like that stuff he is well suited for that so i will i'll give him props there i'll give him props just skipping ahead because there's two more white cards that i want to talk about but skipping ahead seb did essence scatter a reprint in here counter target creature spell cool art i love it you're gonna see it on the altar auctions because i just want to look at it and i want to also kind of emulate that style because that's a cool one that's a good one i I, i'm with you on that and it kind of is reminiscent of another essence scatter which is also cool yeah i love when they do that too the the white cards i want to touch on real quick sanctuary lockdown gives humans plus one plus one there is a human sub theme to this set it's like humans versus monsters type thing and this is in that's going to go in your human deck and i also like storm wild cap ridor the, the, the bird goat yeah bird goats because yeah why not a, 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 yeah exactly one three flyer for three if non-combat damage would be dealt to it you prevent it and put that many plus ones on it i think that this goes into like the sun song wind speaker rhino fred and fred barney cat minotaur dudes yep yeah yeah i think that that is a cool one if you could find ways to mix it into colors that can deal non-combat damage to flying creatures which isn't really red's bag but it presents some kind of weird build around which i love swallow hole is a white removal spell but it's sorcery speed it's just wizards trying to make swords to plowshares fair so i don't even want to talk about it yeah we'll just skip right over that one let's go into some blue shit and we can talk about a card that is totally awesome in c dasher octopus it is oh yeah two two for blue blue one with flash whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player draw a card it also has mutate for blue one so you can just 
dash him in there onto a dude that's not blocked, draw yourself a card. Also has some sweet art on it. Yeah, you know what I imagine? I imagine the, like, if magic is being played in the reality that we're living in, you're attacking with your creature like your your soldier or your your beast or whatever is running into battle, charging. It's jumping through the air and ready to bite somebody's head. And all of a sudden, whoosh, this octopus comes and like shoots out of its mouth and like wraps around somebody's face. <laughs> <laughs> And you can, you can even hear like, you can even hear like the tentacles wrapping around and slapping them in the back of the head. It's like a cam girl with like 48 inch legs. You wrap them around your head two times. Should we talk about the Sharknado, Ryan? You know what? Just real quick. I want to talk about keep safe. This is an instant. It's, it's essentially mono blue hindering light, which is counter target spell that targets a permanent you control draw card so this is blue one for that that's counter a spell that does something that we care about for blue one so it's a really great rate and it says draw card on it this is a very important card for it's going to be an important card in draft in standard it's going to be an important card probably in modern it's going to be an important card in commander cedh this is a card it's pretty okay it's, it's I mean, it's super medium, but I thought I'd mention it. Yeah. Let's talk about a card that's an enchantment for blue five that says whenever you cast a non-creature spell because you're playing the Jeskai deck that they're totally telling you to play, you create an XX blue shark creature token with flying where X is that spell's converted mana cost. I don't even give a shit what the rest of the card says because that is awesome. This, you know what? This is the enchantment version of Tarland Sky, Tarland Sky Drake Summoner guy. He just goes in that deck and you just play counter spells and you kill them with sharks. That's what I want to do. Sure. What about Reconnaissance Mission too? Whenever you attack with a creature, it, you draw a card? It's Coastal Piracy. Oh, sorry. Combat Damage. Coastal Piracy. It's also Bident of Thassa, but it has Cycling. Yeah. I should say Shark Typhoon. Well, fuck them all over the place. Shark Typhoon has cycling too. Cycling blue one X. Get a XX shark when you cycle it. Yeah. And it flies. Why does it fly? Because it's, it's, sh- it's, it's, yeah, it's a shark typhoon. It's, it's the Sharknado. It's the, that's what that is. They finally, that is excellent. They finally did it. They found a way yeah. of doing it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Voracious Great Shark. Another flash counter spell. Five four body for five shark. I'm telling you, everybody. I've got hammerhead sharks from Urza's legacy. I've got great sharks from the dark. Special deal just for CCO National Lights. Fifty bucks. <laughs> if, any, if anybody needs to round out their shark tribal deck, I've got your great sharks. I got like twenty of them. Fifty bucks a pop. You buy two, I'll give them to you forty five each. <laughs> You're so generous. I know. Uh, should we talk about extinction event? Yeah. Because that is a card. I like extinction event. It's sorcery for black, three, choose otter even, exile each creature with converted mana cost of the chosen value in brackets, zero is even. That is so damn good. Yeah, so you can pick and choose your own adventure. Tokens mostly have a converted mana cost of zero, right? Yep. And those would die if you chose zero. You could choose one and get mana dorks. You could 
choose everybody's commander. That's yeah, I like that one. Interestingly enough, that card goes in both of the um, what's it called? If you're using them as the general, the companion guys that care about whether you play all odd things or all even things, you can play extinction event in either one. Isn't there one that can can you? I, I'll just trust you. Yeah, you know what you know what you noticeably skipped over. What's that? Bastion of Remembrance. When it enters the battlefield, you create a human soldier creature token. Who cares? Whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses a life and we gain a life. Do you know why I skipped over that, Ryan? Because it's your favorite and you wanted me to talk about it? Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> it. <laughs> Every damn set, you get a good cat and you get another goddamn aristocrats card. Yeah, for like, sure. Well, we don't have any vampires, so what should we do? I don't know. Let's make a fucking pulpit with a guy standing on it that just does vampire shit. <laughs> what about what about Bushmeat Poacher? Yeah, that's a card name. <laughs> it's it's a four drop. I wish it was a two drop. It's one tap, sack a creature, gain life equal to the creature's toughness, which is awesome. But then you also draw a card. I want to put this in a Lenda. Do it. There's actually not too bad commons in the set we're finding. Hey, you notice yeah, that? Yeah, blood curdle is good. Destroy a creature for four mana. Put a menace counter on a creature you control. So then, like, essentially you kill a creature. Let's say somebody has three creatures. Or two creatures, sorry. You kill one of them and you put a menace counter on a, one of our own that we want to attack them with. Well, now they can't block it. Neat. That's cool. There is some cool commons, some cool uncommons. I, I don't want to make it a nightmare for editing for you. So like I want to I, I want to skip through and talk about some real CCO ones like Serrated Scorpion. That's going straight into Lord of Tressorhorn, right? <laughs> Nobody else is talking about that card except for limited resources, which aren't even talking about it because it's so low impact. But it's a one two when it dies. It deals two damage to each opponent and I gain two life. I can sack that to Lord of Tressorhorn. <laughs> Man, I can't wait. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine until I kill you with it. You probably won't. Probably you, not. It doesn't really kill any. You'll probably um, give Lord of Tressorhorn Infect and then play Chandra's Ignition on it before you get anywhere close to killing me with that Scorpion, and then you'll say the deck is totally jank and doesn't have any combos in it. I'm giving you the finger right now. Well, I mean, it's... yeah, yeah. That's what it feels like to hit with the truth, Ryan. That's oh, how it feels. I just got a guy. <laughs> Hit me with the truth, Brando. <laughs> yeah, Lord of Tressorhorn sucks. Oh, I already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do we got for red stuff? I really like Footfall Crater. Yeah, I like... Hold on, I got an itchy leg. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on a sec. Yeah, Footfall Crater. Now, this card kind of exists in other forms. It's an enchant land. You tap enchanted land to give a creature haste. That exists. It was like from Masks or something or from Odyssey. But this one also gives them trample. So if they think that they're safe from your big big because they've got a wall of like a 1-1 one -one or a couple 1-1s one to chump with, no, Footfall Crater, tap my land, boom, die. Yeah, I do like that. I'm actually going to replace a land in Norin with that because I play it to give my creatures haste, but it comes into play tapped and kind of sucks. So Footfall Crater's going in instead. I'll just use a mountain. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so that's I'm, pretty cool. You know, welcome to CCO Nation. We like to tell people to cut lands to fit more cards in your deck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I want to talk about is Fire Prophecy. 
cool art on it, first of all. It's just a big eyeball. That's going to be the best foil in the set. That is, Yeah, that's going to be cool. Deals three. It's an instant for a red one. Deals three damage to target creature. You may put a card from your hand on the bottom of your library if you do draw a card. I'm very interested to know if that three damaged and kills all my creatures to just have another cantrip in my deck is good for Zada. I'm sure it's not bad. You may put a card from your hand. So if I have, let, let's say I have 10 cards in my hand and one of them is my dual caster mage and I use my fire prophecy, target Zada, and it replicates to everything else. I may put the other nine cards back and keep the one that's in my hand and draw nine. Kills my whole board, but I still have the one card I need and I get to see more. Like That's not horrible. It's it's probably not something I'm gonna run. If it said one damage, I would totally run it. But yeesh, three is lots because it that would literally just nuke my whole board. Yeah, it's it it was it was close. That didn't quite make it. I think that's fine. Do we like flame spill? I think it's cool just because it's a burn spell that has trample. I think that's neat. I also think it's funny because there's like a little kid running away. It's like oh no, daddy no no, and then yeah, there's there's a fight spell that has trample too. If your creature has trample, I should say. Yeah, that. We don't count that one, though. Yeah, well, I would play that one in Animar for sure if your creature didn't have to have Trample. Yes, but it does, yeah. so screw it. Yeah, it's fine. You know what? We've got Draneth Stinger. Am I saying that right? Whenever you cycle a card, it deals one damage to each opponent. This is like the this is like the Gutter Snipe and the... Uh, that uh, something membrane wall thing when you cast an instant sorcery it deals one damage this is the cycling version of that or lightning rift yeah so like cycling decks are going to start to become like your favorite aristocrats decks where they give us something that deals damage every time we cycle like give us an, another set or two and we're going to have that cycling deck that just like rips through its deck via cycling and deals damage to us like that oh goody yeah, <laughs> uh, we have unpredictable cyclone. That'll probably go in the cycling deck because it's possibility storm, but you have to cycle instead of cast a thing. Oh yeah, that's like cycling cascade. Is that is that accurate to describe it that way? Um, nope. Because you gotta you go until you get a card type. If you cycle the creature, you go until you get another creature and you play that instead. Oh yeah, but you get to play it for free, right? Yes. So, you, so I cycle a creature card, and then I just dig through my deck until I find a creature card, then I can cast it for free. Yes. That's actually good because I can... Oh, no, I don't know if that's good. Is it good? No, I don't... Th well, it's good in the cycling deck, but everywhere else, it's not. I was thinking, ooh, maybe I could try that in Norin. Maybe I could... It's like, nope, because I'm not playing anything with fucking cycling, so it's not doing anything. Do I just play every, like, 6-6 six, six that cycles for one that costs 900 mana? Do I just do that? Yeah, it's basically an enabler for... What's that... Uh, what was that modern deck uh, where you cascaded into Living End or whatever? It's... Oh, yeah, Living End. Yeah, it's... That's that's the deck. Oh, there we go. It's... Th there it is. You know what? I could... I could play from Ikoria. I could play... Titanoth... Titanoth Rex... It's an 11-11 for 9 that has cycling for green 1. When you cycle it, put a trample counter on target creature, which is great. It has trample. But if I cycle a creature and then, like, dig into that, I don't have to spend 9 on my 11-11. That's okay. 
we've moved on to green, FYI, which we have Colossification. Straight into Estrid. Plus 20, plus 20, but it taps the creature. Guess what? I'm just going to plus my Estrid to untap all my enchanted permanents, and I'm going to kill you. Yeah. That's... That is a cool, cool card. You know what I'll play after you play your Colossification is Barrier Breach, which is an instant for green two. Exile up to three target enchantments. That is fucking good. That is a... Or you could cycle it for two. There's like no enchantments on the battlefield because that is a thing that happens sometimes. Yeah. Like I guess I'll just draw a card. Yeah. It's like, well, this card yeah. is useless. I'll trade it for something else. That I like that card a lot. Yeah, Barrier Breach is going to go into Commander decks for sure. I wish, you know what, even if it said, like, if it said two, but it also included artifacts, oh, man, rock hard. But you can get three enchantments. And it's up two, so you don't even have to get three. If there's just one bad one, you could just get one. Yeah, it's it's very, it's it's got cool art. It's a cool card. It's very versatile. It's, it exiles. Yeah, it gets rid of the shit for frickin' ever. That's perfect. Yeah, it, and it doesn't even give them a beast if you want to get their enchantment. Yeah. Yeah. Notable reprint here, Fertilid. I know that that was a card that I don't even know if it had a foil or if it did. Foils were expensive. Essentially, it's just like a little bit of a find a land. It's kind of a mana dork, but it deals with plus one, plus one. So that's a obviously a good one. It's a Shadowmoor Morningtide card. It's... Is that what it was really like originally from? I think so. I'm sure. I'll take your word for it. We've got... Get this monstrous step. I wish it was monstrous stomp because then we could make a dink stomp joke, but it's a sorcery for five that gives plus seven and then it makes a creature have to block our big creature. So I like that. It's okay. I don't know for five at sorcery speed if it's going to be any good. But no. No, nobody's going to play that. Yeah. Ram through is the instant speed fight that if your creature has trample the excess fight damage tramples over. That's the card I was talking about. Excellent art. Nobody's going to play that either. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe fight decks. That That is a thing. There is things that care about fighting. What about Wilt? That's destroy target artifact or enchantment for green one. That is disenchant or... Naturalize. Naturalize. Sorry, yeah, green. But it also cycles for two. Do we care about disenchant and, and naturalize anymore? Because we have the one from... War of the Spark that also exiles a card in the graveyard, or we have things like the uh, Barrier Breach that get three things. Like, does anybody run Disenchant or Naturalize? If just if they plain are plain old, plain old, they need to replace them. Honestly, they need to replace them with things like Wilt, the Wilt, or the the one that exiles a card from the graveyard is the other option. Yeah, right. These are just better cards, and Wilt has the little guy from uh, Little Shop of Horrors on it. It's like a plant with a bunch of knives. He's been to jail. He cut a man. He robbed a bank. He assaulted somebody. But now he's back I'm out on good behavior. I'm just going to pretend I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you've never seen it. No. <laughs> what about Back for More? That's a cool one. Back for More, but it costs six, right? So return target creature card from your graveyard to the B. When you do, it fights up to a creature you don't, up to one target creature you don't control. I suppose reanimating at instant speed is actually, I didn't know it was an instant. That's actually good. That's yeah, not bad. Six is, six is fine. Six for my, uh, my Hogak is good at instant speed. I'm not, not having to tap anything. That's good. Yeah. 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 That's, that's good. I like, I like. Hey, why don't you do? Why don't you do the ultimatums? Because these are 
These are out of bounds. Like, yeah. these are crazy. They took those other ultimatums they did, where was it, in Alara, and they just, they were like, you know what? These just, they, they aren't good enough. We should we should show ourselves how they're really done, and we'll just make them say win the game on them. You know what? They, they like, they took four of the old ultimatums and said, these are all one out of tens. Let's let's change the scale a little bit so cruel ultimatums now like a six or a seven out of ten and let's make these other ones tens. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So we have the Mardu one. It's ruinous ultimatum. So ultimatums are going to be two of a color, three of a color, two of a color. In this case, it's red, white, black. Destroy all non-land permanents or opponents control. Period. That's it. The cyclonic rift, but way harder to cast and way better not an instant of course but like it does the same thing it fucks your opponent up and then you win the game the next one is genesis ultimatum it's green green blue 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 red red look at the top five cards of your library put any number of permanent cards from among them into play for free and then exile it so you do a little bit of top deck manipulation and win the game uh eerie ultimatum is white white black 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 green green Return any number of permanent cards with different names from your graveyard to the pla- to the battlefield. So here we are on a Commander podcast talking about Commander cards. I feel like this will get every single permanent out of your graveyard and put it back into play. Including one of any number of basic lands that you have. Yeah. Because you can pick your, your one plains, your one swamp, and your one forest. And your one... The other ones have to stay there, but how many basics are you going to actually have there in the first place? And your one snow-covered plains, and your one snow-covered swamp, and your one snow-covered forest. Hell... Oh, fuck me. Hell yeah. yeah. So, basically, you play that and you win the game. And the next one is Inspired Ultimatum. It is blue, blue, red, 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 white, white. Target player gains five life. It deals five damage to something, and then you draw five cards. You were thinking, man, this card, this super sucks until I got to that draw five cards, didn't it? But it's probably the lowest powered of the five, but still really good. And the last one is Emergent Ultimatum with black, black, green, 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 blue, blue. Search your library for up to three monocolored cards with different names. An opponent chooses one of those cards. Shuffle it into your library. You may cast the other two for free. Whew. Holy shit. So- sort of basically kind of you just if you can make seven colored mana you you can just kind of win the game yeah or you're gonna tilt everything so far in your favor that people are gonna have to either get really lucky or be very very good to beat you yeah like i i the people some people are complaining like these are so strong da, 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 da. it's like eerie ultimatum i'll get all my creatures back from the graveyard uh, none of them have haste because I'm not playing haste colors. Go. Yeah. And then it's my turn. I go, Wrath of God. Put them all back in your graveyard, idiot. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, like it's fine, right? Emergent ultimatum. The other players can just discuss. Like, unless you're that guy that... The, the same person that tooth and nails for the two combo pieces to win the game is going to be the guy that emergent ultimatums for three creatures any two of which will win the game like it does the same thing as cards that were good but then fell out of favor like that's seven mana to just do a two card combo and while that is fun one time or two times that's not the kind of thing that is always going to be ever present 
emergent ultimatum will eventually just kind of wear out the draw five cards one like the the jeskai one is great for drawing five cards but if we want to draw five we're not going to pay that because we don't care about gaining life or dealing damage so that one we're not going to see genesis ultimatum is going to be probably ever present in teamer decks because you can cascade into it from your maelstrom wanderer and then you essentially cascade the next five cards your library for free yeah that's a that's a cool one that one's tons of fun and the ruinous ultimatum is the same thing where it's just going to be in mardu decks because it's fucking good yeah because it's just really high powered and when you cast it you're probably going to win the game yeah and the art on it's awesome also i really like that oh yeah i love it i can't wait to alter some of these and and you know what just fucking keep them Yeah, that's cool. You know what? Um, Dire Tactics, that's another black-white exile target creature. If you don't control a human, you lose life equal to the creature's toughness. I don't give a shit. I'm going to pay two to exile a creature. If I don't control a human, like, I don't care. If my commander is a human, that card's really good. If I just have random humans in my deck, it's also just really good. If you don't have either of those two things, it's still really good. Yes, because it's two mana to exile a creature. Yeah, and you don't, like, yeah, it's, it's gone now. That, yeah. that's so good and you don't see that enough so yeah. here it is again yeah. yeah there's a couple black white like humans matter type both commanders and creatures like the generals enforcer we didn't talk about kinan kinan he's the one that doubles all of the land produced by non-land yeah. permanents you control so he doubles mana dorks he doubles or goes infinite with like grim monolith and basalt monolith right like yeah. it's another one of those cards like yeah. yeah you know what this this card isn't this card isn't thrasios right because his ability costs colored mana to do over and over and over again right like is he cedh playable probably does he piss me off? Not really. I don't care. I made a post about it on Twitter and just got well actually a bunch. <laughs> I'm not scared of it. And this is the kind of thing that sort of changes the landscape of Commander. Like those ultimatums do, like the Mardu ultimatum is just going to go in Mardu decks now. This Kinan is just, it kind of just in a year from now or two years from now, this will still be one that sees play and people are going to know like, oh, that's the Chu Lane, or that's the Corvald, or you know. So yeah. it's fine. Ultimately, though, I bet you it's not going to be a, a big deal for anybody who says the sky's falling because they gave us a two mana, two a two CMC mana doubler. Like, eh. yeah, whatever. He's he's fine. He'll go in all of the yeah. Estrid decks and shit, and Estrid will be stronger than she is now, and she's already really strong. So. Whatever. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Because all those enchantments that make extra mana on your land, right? Yeah, sometimes it's the land that makes extra mana. Sometimes it's the enchantments that make the mana. Oh, yeah. Either way, she'll, uh, he'll find... Either yeah. way, it's fucking yeah. good. Yeah, I didn't think of that, but yeah. you know what? Maybe I'll just... Maybe I'll be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good card. It's... Like, he's fine, though. I don't think he's a he's a game ruiner either. So it's... Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You know what card I think that you like? I think that you like Offspring's Revenge. Oh, you're goddamn right I do. 
I super Mar- like that card. Mardu and Mar- Mardu and two enchantment at the beginning of combat on your turn. Exile target red, white, or black creature from your graveyard and create a token that's a copy of it, except it's a one one with haste. It's a little baby after its mom got hurt yeah. or killed. It's basically it should be Bambi's revenge. And you sh- I was literally just gonna say somebody yeah. commissioned me to paint Bambi. Yeah, and just have like Bambi with a gun. Like, <laughs> Gunby. Yeah, right? Like, that would be so good. I really like this card. I wish I played more Mardu, because there are some really cool Mardu things in this deck, or in this set, but I just, I don't have a Mardu deck right now, and I don't really, I'm not really excited to build one, other than to play these sweet cards, so I'm going to end up putting a whole bunch of them into my Horde of Notions five-color deck, just because that deck is kind of a hodgepodge of shit anyway. <laughs> just stuff I want to play dot deck. Yeah. It's like every card that I just like, it's all going into this one deck. It's going to be outrageous, but it'll be fun. Speaking of stuff I want to play dot deck, what about Song of Creation? When I saw that, I knew that you were probably writing notes about it at the time, both because you want to alter it and you want to sell it and you want to play that in every goddamn deck that you own that can play it. Oh, I want to play it. I want to cheat and play it in decks that can't play it. So I'll give it a read here. Enchantment for... for red, blue, green, one. Whenever you cast a spell, draw two fucking cards. Two of them. Okay, sure. Play an additional land on each of your turns. At the beginning of your end step, discard your hand. That literally has everything written all over it that I want to do. I want to play more lands in my land deck. I want to draw cards when I do fucking anything. And I want to discard my whole hand because I don't give a shit. <laughs> give me more cards. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. That's it every time, right? What if you what if you have like in my lands deck obviously this is going in there cuz it says play an extra land what if i also have my crucible of worlds out so when i do discard my hand i can just play lands from my graveyard next turn and the spells that i do end up drawing into just draw me more cards to play more land this card is just i'm so excited for it i i love it yeah. can- We've talked about lots of stuff we love and stuff that we like, and we've kind of skipped over some of the stuff that we're not excited about, but I think it does bear some time to talk about Titan's Nest, right? That was my next one that I was going to make. Because, you know, Delve, they haven't learned their fucking lesson because they got to print a card that just gives all your shit Delve, right? Oh, yeah. Because that makes the most sense. And if it didn't make sense, let's actually, during your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. If you don't like it, put it into your graveyard to fuel your delve. If you don't like the top card of your library, here's a free mana. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Oh, baby. And you know what the best part about it is? Is exile a card from your graveyard, add colorless specifically. So colorless can be used for generic costs but colorless is required to cast some eldrazi so if you just have an eldrazi and you exile a whole bunch of shit from your graveyard boom play it for free why not oh never mind i got that all wrong spend this mana only to cast colored spells with x in their mana cost oh. okay never mind i'm an idiot <laughs> rtfc boys that's what everybody is saying that is our RTFC moment of the day. But you know what? Uh, yeah, fill my graveyard up and cast a something huge. Yes. It's, I'm fine with this. I Sure, why not? You know what? Why not? If they're going to print shit like that, might as well just embrace it. 
Whirlwind of Thought kind of goes along with Song of Creation. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, draw a card. That's just another one of the, the key card storm, Jess guy, spells matter, spell slinger deck cards. That's fine. It's another one. Uh, Fiend Artisan is a 1-1 one, one for 2. Uh, gets plus 1, plus 1 for each creature in your graveyard. And, 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 you can pay black or green and X and tap it and sack another creature to search your library for a creature card with converted mana cast X or less and put that shit into play. That is sort of like birthing pod. Yeah. Except it's, I do like this one. It's a, it's just another, just, it feels weird in this set, honestly, but I mean, it's a cool card. People are going to play that. Yeah. You know, you know what? It does let you find your mutate things, right? That's probably what it's there for, for standard. If that's going to be a thing. I think that people are focusing on that birthing pod type effect when it gets plus one plus one for each card in your graveyard each creature in your graveyard this thing might just be like a 10 10 for two just by the by everybody you might be getting a 10 10 for two there yeah and just zero things wrong with that you can almost i guess you can't really play it in dredge but i'd try it i'd try i'd try playing a 10 10 for two (laughs) throwing that out there (laughs) no we are absolutely out of times but before we go what are your thoughts on the triomes right bread you know, I very much like these. They're going to automatically replace they're going to automatically replace the tri lands of the um, the cons were they? The, yeah, the con, the cons tri lands, right? These are the triome lands now. I'm sure in a few years we are going to see the the shard colored ones. And by the way, I love that we can call things triomes now instead of wedge, because wedge was in reference to the back of a magic card, where a shard was in reference to like some piece of magic lore. So I do like that we have triomes. These lands gave them that name. I like that you can cycle them so they go in my lands deck instead of the tri lands that I am playing. They're all going to be replaced. And they're fetchable, which is so awesome. They're fetchable. I'm going to play them everywhere I'm playing a, a tri land. And... They have rad art. Yes. Yeah, so there it is. That's awesome. It's a great land cycle in this set. I think that this set will be opened enough where they're going to be fairly inexpensive to get your hands on currently. So I think that all in all, a good include. I'm happy about them. Yeah, I'm, I'm really digging the, the basics as well. I know we try to mention the basics. There's three of each basic and they do coincide to the triomes that have that color in the triome. So they they all look different, and they're all pretty cool. Agree. There's crystals popping out. There's trees that are fucking got rocket boosters on them. Very cool. Very much yep. so. So give us the final thought of the day. Remind everybody, social media, Patreon, sign-up gifts, and, and let them know that the good vibes are going to continue for as long as they have to. All right, everybody. As Ryan says, the good vibes continue, and they will not stop until we can go back to being bitter, miserable old codgers as we do sometimes. That's that's not just me, right? That's You do that too, right? Oh, yeah, that's everybody. There we go. All right. So, CCO Brando, CCO Podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can find us if you want to hit us up for any kind of questions or just general social interaction. We're always here for you. Commandercookout at gmail.com is our email address if you want to send us a deck list or something for us to feature later on in the arc. Remember to guess at our weekly Commander Hint. You can get entered in to win some cool stuff each and every week during this arc. 
Special thanks to face2facegames.com. They're Canada's biggest magic store. You can go there, check them out, buy all of the incredibly amazing cards that are in this set. It is a really exciting one, especially for us as Commander players. It's going to give us so many new ways to build decks, things that will both break and enhance ones that we already have, and it's giving us some directions to go creatively off in new directions, which is what we want every single set to do, and this one checks all the boxes, and we are going to be back with you to check even more boxes on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast, hit our theme song! Got there.